Hey folks, and welcome to the Small Tech Podcast from Ifemaya Creative. I'm your host, Raf, and today we're going to talk about data and dashboards. If you like the work that we do, I'd really appreciate it if you hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube, or if you subscribe in your podcast app of choice, every little bit helps. We're a tiny team, and we could definitely use the support. So today, I want to talk about three different types of dashboards and data and how we build them, why we build them, the things that we use to build them, and they roughly break down into three different categories. So it's analytics data that you generally will use off-the-shelf SaaS analytics tools to build dashboards for. The other one is when you use BI tools to create dashboards that include analytics data and internal data, operations or application data. And finally, the last one is application dashboards, things that you want users to interact with and visualize. So for off-the-shelf analytics, we're generally talking about things like Google Analytics or Mixpanel or Amplitude. These are things that you're going to use primarily internally. There are maybe a couple weird edge cases where you could embed graphs from these different tools into a public-facing user interface. But for the most part, this is for your team to understand how people are interacting with a product, with a website, something along those lines. These tools are usually really easy to get started with. You add a snippet to your website or your application. Sometimes you need a developer to integrate with your application code more tightly, maybe identifying users and submitting events with metadata about those events but it usually doesn't take a whole lot of time to get started. And they usually have some mechanism to say, all right, I want this event plotted out over time, maybe grouped by certain things. So you want users of a certain type who are clicking a given button. You wanna know, you wanna compare these different user groups over time and see if there's any trends. You wanna see if there's one that uh, clicks the button more often than the other. That's a great reason to set up those kinds of dashboards where you can just quickly get an overview of how your application is performing, how your features are performing, and understand your product and your user base. So next, let's talk about BI data and BI tools, business intelligence. These tools vary in their structure and usage, and that's because BI, business intelligence, that can mean a lot of things. That can include the analytics data from the previous section, but it usually also includes more internal data because it's not just about your application or your website. It's about your business as a whole. You want to understand how, for example, usage of your application translates into dollars. And if you're gonna do that, you either need to find a good way to track dollars in your application, but that doesn't always make sense. So you want to bring in data from, for example, a payment processor like Stripe or Braintree. You probably also want to understand how your features uh, correlate with your work internally. So you might want to bring in data from an application like Asana or ClickUp where you manage your productivity. And you can start tying all of these data together into a single 
data warehouse where you can visualize and understand the correlations between these different types of data to get a better sense of what's happening that leads to more dollars or fewer dollars and are you actually using your resources efficiently as a business. So the tools that you might want to use to build out these kinds of dashboards are, well, you'll need a database. You'll need a place to store your data. We generally, for the scale of projects that we work on, and given that this is the small tech podcast, we find that a Postgres database is usually fine. But there are tools that are specifically set up for this kind of data warehousing to ingest huge chunks of data. You can think of tools like Snowflake or Google's BigQuery or AWS Redshift. There's plenty of them out there. So I talked about how you might want to bring in data from tools like Stripe, Braintree, Asana, ClickUp. You can even bring in data from your marketing tools like your Google AdWords, AdSense, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, all of this other stuff. And to do that, you will either need to hire some engineers to deal with it, or probably more sensibly, you'll want to use some tools that already provide that functionality. We have some experience setting up a tool called Fivetran, which is pretty neat, pretty fairly priced, connects with a lot of stuff, basically allows you to connect to your different tools, point it to a database, and it takes care of normalizing all of your data, making sure that it's in sync, making sure that everything is updated on a regular basis, and yeah, makes it really easy to pump all of your data into one database that you can then use to build your custom BI dashboards. There's a neat open source tool called Airbyte as well. We like to use Metabase to actually produce that dashboard. It's just a really neat tool. Uh, because it's open source, we just deploy it onto our own servers and use that to build dashboards. But there are other alternatives like QuickSight or Google Data Studio or Tableau or plenty of others out there. Some of them can get pretty pricey pretty quick. Google Data Studio I find is uh, a neat product in that you have access to it if you're already using the Google Workspace tools. And I don't actually know what it costs uh, because whenever I've used it, I haven't run into any pricing questions. I, so I get the sense that you don't need to pay for it. Maybe there are advanced features that you do need to pay for. But yeah, for that reason, that's a pretty neat one. Just before I forget, another thing that we like to bring into these types of databases and these dashboards is accounting and invoicing data. We use Zero for that sort of stuff, and I found it pretty practical to have that kind of data in this type of dashboard. Okay, with these BI tools, everything we've talked about so far is really internal data. It's stuff that you want to understand to get an overview of your business, but the thing about them is that you can visualize any kind of data with them. You can visualize your internal application data. You can visualize your analytics data. If it is in a database, you might get it in there using a tool like segment.com. And if you do have that data in there, there are some cases where you want to display that data back to a user of an application. Now, tools like Metabase do provide a way of filtering that data so that you can just provide a, a dashboard that is for a given user, for example, or a given organization. So you can actually use Metabase and some of these other tools to embed analytics into your user-facing application. That being said, 
you can't customize how they are displayed to the extent that you could build in custom tools and custom dashboards. So when I talk about building custom tools and dashboards, essentially what I mean is you're not using off-the-shelf tools for visualization. And there are a couple reasons why you might want to do this. A, you might need to have a really custom user interface, or it might need to be tightly coupled with an existing user interface. Let's say you have a bunch of sensor data from an IoT platform, and you have a custom platform where your users can manage those sensors, they can interact with the data, they can see real-time updates, that sort of thing. And you want to show them the data and allow them to graph it and visualize it and manipulate it, maybe annotate it. All of that functionality is stuff that you might be able to get 30, 40% of the way there with the BI tools, but it will never be as smooth as if you build it out yourself and really integrate it deeply into the code that you're building for your platform. So that's exactly what we did for one of our clients. They have sensors that are out in the field monitoring various metrics for a given use case, and they needed their clients to be able to interact with this data, to annotate it, to say at a given time, this thing was happening, and we can see that there's these different changes in the different metrics. So to do that kind of dashboard, you're generally going to want to use a charting library. You could build something yourself, but generally you would use an existing charting library because building that from scratch is going to be a lot of work. So we've used one in the past called AM Charts, which is really customizable, flexible, easy to use, and very powerful. You can do a lot of stuff with it. We've also built charts and dashboards on React Native using uh, Victory charts, Victory Pi and Victory, I forget what the other Victory charting libraries are called, but it's all under the banner of Victory and they've been pretty great for us. They usually still offer you a variety of user controls, animation, that sort of thing that you can tweak to your use case. And the thing with them is that when you're building your own dashboarding system, you can really customize things to your user specific case. You can really make it smooth and flow very well for that user. The trade-off, of course, is the time it takes to get to your first graph and the cost of developing these types of dashboards. So if you really need things to be smooth, tight, and designed for a very specific use case, you might want to go this path. If you don't, then you might want to look at BI tools and, and existing sort of off-the-shelf platforms. Before we wrap it up, I will talk about a couple other tools that you might want to consider if you're going to build your own custom dashboards. If you're going to build around time series data, there are a variety of time series databases out there, but the one that we found most practical in this small tech context is called Timescale. And the reason that it's practical is because it's just a Postgres extension. So if you're already building an application on a Postgres database, it's really easy to get started with Timescale. You can integrate it with tools like Hasura, you can use other libraries like KubeJS to make your data available for your dashboarding system. It makes it really easy to build around that type of data. Of course, you don't have to use Timescale. You can just use straight up Postgres. You can use Mongo. You can use basically whatever database you want because a lot of the tools out there are built to work with a variety of them. But specifically for time series data, like sensor readings from an IoT device, 
Timescale is a really great option to get started with. Alrighty folks, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this stuff, please like and subscribe on YouTube and make sure to subscribe in your podcast app of choice and leave us a review. It would be so helpful for us. We'd love to hear about why you like the podcast, what you want more of, what you want less of. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about with me on the podcast? I'm really into the idea of talking to you about the things you have learned as you build a small tech business. Also, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter. We are going to be sending you tons of great info about how to build small tech products. Everything from videos, blog posts, and even the podcast episodes you might have missed. But surely you didn't miss any, right? So go to smalltechpodcast.com and click the newsletter button in the navbar. That'll take you to the right spot. And we'll see you in your inbox. That's it for this week's episode, and we all want to do some good in the world, so go out there and build something good, folks. See ya!